It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody. Welcome to uh, the Upfront program for this Wednesday. I'm Roger. I'm here uh, pretty much every day. And we do uh, a talk show called the Upfront program. And we uh, chat with various people. Yesterday, we had the pleasure of talking with Craig Lackager. And he, um, I've known him a long time. And uh, he's been, uh, you know, a business uh, associate of the radio station for a number of years. uh, Running the... uh, Menard Lackature Funeral Home, and um, and so he decided to throw his hat in the race for state senator, um, and he is going to run against Melissa Murray. A lot of people were hoping that at least somebody would oppose. Um, as a matter of fact, I think everybody is hoping that that every candidate has an opponent uh, just to make the race interesting. Anyway, um, he uh, based on his visit. And his presentation, the word I heard yesterday was that they found him very, very uh, credible and very um, humble. And also, um, shall we say, more uh, in line with um, their line of thinking. So, anyway, we are continuing our Meet the Candidates series. And on Friday, we continue that um, we're going to get them all, whether they're... uh, whether they're running for governor, like, for instance, Helena Folks will be here next Tuesday. And uh, we'll talk about her um, run for governor of the state of Rhode Island. The former CVS executive will be here in studio with us. She just uh, fired her uh, campaign manager. Matter of fact, the second one that she has dismissed. And now she's going to run the rest of the campaign for governor without a campaign manager. And uh, she ran a lot of stuff at CVS uh, without... Uh, Without uh, other people. So, um, anyway, Helena will be here next Tuesday. On Friday, we're going to get very local again. The Woonsocket City Council uh, has uh, 13 candidates on the ballot in November. And we're going to talk with all of them. And one of them will be a guy that, you know, when I talked to him on the phone yesterday, I had never uh, talked to him before. And his name is Brian Thompson. And uh, he uh, said, I'm relatively new to Woonsocket. I work in Boston. I can come in on Friday and do the program. He said, uh, I got interested in the race for city council from Steve Casey. And he'll explain uh, his uh, relationship with Steve and, uh, and his reason for running for Woonsocket City Council. So he is one of the newcomers. Denise, do you know him uh, at all, Brian Thompson? No, I'm not, right. I don't have any totally okay. affiliation. All right, that voice is uh, Denise Sierra, and she is not on the list of the, um, of the 13 people you'll see on the ballot in uh, November. So therefore, Denise Sierra, who is a council member, is not a legally qualified candidate for the November election. So... Uh, that means uh, we don't have to worry about the, the equal time provision uh, because um, you're not a candidate. Now, uh, there have been several stories. I think the call ran a story and the uh, Valley Breeze ran a story about um, why you uh, are not on the ballot. Uh, I don't know if uh, for, for the sake of our listeners, if you want to give them 10 or 15 seconds uh, to um, to explain that, uh, you're welcome to do that. It's up to you. Yeah, I, I think the articles pretty much covered it. Um, I am at a, a turning point in my life for multiple reasons. 
um, lifestyle changes, life changes. So I kind of needed to refocus a little bit on things that were closer to home. Mm-hmm. And I've, it was a tough decision to make. Um, I felt as though at this point in time, I had to do it. Uh, life changes. And I didn't know what the future held. Mm-hmm. So I had to make my, pl- my plans and, and move forward accordingly. All right. Uh, that's a good enough answer for me um, because um, you uh, are not going to be on the ballot. So uh, is it is it uh, rude to call you a lame duck council member? Uh, or, is oh, that, or I mean, uh, I hate that expression, but I can't think of anything. Uh, well, I do think that's a lame expression yeah. <laughs> because technically I have three months mm-hmm. left uh, or, well, September, August, September, October, four months, Mm -hmm. which is pretty much, um, you know, a quarter of of a year um, where I will be working for the people of Woonsocket. Um, Lame in that, yeah, I'm not seeking a seat, but it doesn't mean that my job is over because I did not declare for the next race. Well, uh, that may be a bad expression because uh, from a media point of view, from WNRI's point of view or WON's point of view, you are going to be in demand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Because what happens is that uh, the, the traditional uh, city council members that we could interview after a meeting are legally qualified candidates. And so they they fall under that rule. But because um, you, you didn't uh, have the papers um, certified by the Board of Canvases, you are a council member but not a legally qualified uh, person on the ballot. So... You are available for consultation, and that's why we invited you today. And thank you for accepting the invitation to talk about um, the Woonsocket, um, um, the business of the city of Woonsocket. We're not using this as a program to uh, uh, to bang candidates or or stuff like that. Uh, that may happen. I don't know. Depends on uh, depends on the direction of the conversation. Right, right. That's exactly the way it is. So anyway, if you have a question for uh, Denise uh, Sierra, you're welcome to um, to call it in. But we have some questions uh, for her. We're going to chat with her about uh, some of the issues of the day. She has a few notes too, so she may want to comment. There, um, I think I'd like to start with the ballot questions. We have two ballot questions that uh, Woonsocket voters. There would be a number of other ballot questions. There's going to be some statewide questions and mm-hmm. things like that. But we have two, and uh, ballot question number one is the um, the decision to uh, put on the ballot and ask voters whether they'd like the city council to go about the matter of uh, of choosing the city solicitor, or whether, in fact, they would like the arrangement to stay the same and have the mayor choose the city solicitor. And I guess the council then reaffirms that decision is the way That's I That's how it is now. Okay. Yes. So uh, how did the uh, council vote and uh, will we see that on the ballot in November, the, que- the ballot question? Yes. The council voted, uh, obviously it was five to two um, on Monday night, a second passage of that. So yes, we will see it on the ballot. Um, and it will be in the hands of the people as to what direction they want the city to go in, as to whether or not they want the, the council to appoint or to actually put the names. Appoint would, would give seven people the opportunity to put or more or more, seven or more um, potential candidates for that job into the hat. 
-hmm. And as it is now, it's the administration that selects who goes into that hat and the council ratifies after a series of interviews, ratifies who they are comfortable with in that position. This essentially reverses it and it gives seven people the opportunity to put the name in the hat and ratify the um, the appointment. So um, when uh, let's say that this uh, passed and voters uh, let the city council uh, select the uh, city solicitor. Of course, you're not going to be a member of that council. Um, right. Because. Um, but uh, I have well, a view on it. Yeah, you have a view on of it. Of course I do. Yeah. Yes. And so um, do, you, do you think uh, you would advertise uh, for a city solicitor uh, to uh, be um, be uh, the city solicitor? Or do you think there's just enough people that would would just come out of the woodwork and say, yeah, I'd like to have that job? Um, I haven't seen it advertised. I do think that there is enough. And certainly um, with somebody like me who's in the field, I have probably four candidates that I could easily put before the council to say, hey, what do you think of these guys? And let's all girls and let's interview these potential candidates. Um, I don't think there's a shortage mm-hmm. of um, qualified candidates for that job. I think it, I think there's everybody knows enough people, and if not, then certainly you could use that as your backup. What I wanted to discuss with you is where the job is done. Uh, when I uh, talked to you a few years ago. Um, uh, you still had the job that you had, but you were doing it from an office. And now I understand that a lot of the work that you do in your own job is um, is from your home computer. Does the city solicitor's job um, is that has that changed too? Where the solicitor would be in the building and and can do the job from a remote location? Well, thank you very much for bringing this up, Roger, because this is something that I did want to speak about. I was a little put off by the comments of Garrett Mancieri, who I, who I adore, by the way. Mm-hmm. But I thought that his um, presentation to the city council was terrible. Um, and the points that he made, in particular, concerning the city solicitor and the city solicitor only working two hours a day was ridiculous. First of all, how would Garrett Mancieri know how many hours a day the city solicitor is in City Hall. He's not employed by City Hall. He has no idea. So where his information was coming from was rather curious to somebody like me. And for somebody like I work in that field. So I understand full well what can be done in-house and what can be done out, out of office. And the facts are in the legal COVID changed the face of the legal field. For example, we used to always have to do um, in-person arbitrations. Now, we have arbitrations for city, but you also have arbitrations in regular um, cases as well. These, this is where the arbitrator, the defense counsel, the plaintiff's counsel, and the both the plaintiff and the defendant all gather in one room and you argue out the facts of the case prior to it going to a full trial. These used to always, always have to be done in person prior to COVID. I have not seen an in-person arbitration since COVID hit. I, and it is my feeling that the court system will never, the, the legal system will never go back, rarely go back to in-person arbitrations. That's just one tiny, tiny example. That is all done remotely. We have co- defense counsels that are sitting in their living room, and we have 
plaintiff, we, we have um, plaintiff attorneys that are sitting in their living room and arbitrators that are sitting in, in their, their home office that conduct this business all day, every day. And this, these issues still get resolved and nobody sees the, the, in, the innards of an office. It's absolutely ridiculous to say that um, two hours a day, that they have to be in there, in there 40 hours a day. I, for one, haven't been in my physical office in Providence since January. And I can attest to the fact that... Not only do I put in my full eight hours a day, but because my office is at home, I'm uh, I work 24 I, I can work 24 hours a day, and oftentimes I do. Given, for example, this past week when I was dealing with the death of my father, I didn't work a standard nine to five. What I did was deal with the situation that that I had to deal with, and then when I came home at night and it was quiet, and I and I wasn't dealing with funeral arrangements and things of that nature, I went to work. I worked from five to midnight, and I can also tell you that I am one of those counselors that speak to the city solicitor when he's running on his treadmill in the morning, when he's driving to a game on a Saturday. I have interrupted this man's life so many times with things that I've needed, and I will tell you, the response is instantaneous. And even Valerie Gonzalez, who is in opposition uh, uh, for this, this legislation to go before the, the people, openly admitted she has never had a situation with a city solicitor where he wasn't responsive no matter what time of the day it was so that's a bunch of bs that was just one point that mr mancieri brought up there were several things that i just was i was a little flabbergasted it sounded like here's your script go to work uh, what uh, denise uh, sierra is referring to is that during the city council meeting we have a segment called public comment and under that uh, people from the general public can uh, come forward. Charles Lemoyne was one of them, and he's a member of the general public. He can speak on whatever he wants. Philip Labreche uh, came uh, forward, and he can speak on whatever he wants. One of the things is uh, Garrett Manseri, who's a candidate, um, I guess um, he uh, is a member of the public, too, so he can come and speak uh, under um, good and welfare, but he, um, I guess... Um, and I, I like Garrett, too. I, I adore him, but, but I'll tell you, that show... That he, he can use show? the city council meeting as a, uh, as a sounding board for... Um, it was brainless. It was free ads, uh, free it, political it, ads. It, and, it, and the worst part was, mm -hmm. it, it literally sounded like mm -hmm. it came from the fourth floor. Well, anyway, I guess um, um, any candidate can do that. If they're looking for a way to go around the, uh, the system, they can... Uh, they can come under public comment and, um, yeah. and talk anytime they want. Anyway, that's what Denise was referring to about uh, Garrett, uh, where he made these comments. And, and they were at the council meeting, and she was there, and she uh, found it. Uh, well, you just explained what you found it. So, um, uh, issue number one on the bond on, on the ballot in November will be whether the council can choose... Um, the uh, city solicitor, or can, can leave just, it the way it is. Right, and and one one further point on that. Sure. Um, I don't understand when the argument is made that this creates imbalance in government, and the current system is balanced. Well, f for me, that logic doesn't make any sense mm -hmm. because how does it create balance when it's one person? that is making the decision 
on what names go into the hat versus seven people who make the decision as to what name goes into the hat. You have seven minds, all of different, um, there for different reasons, but chosen by the people to make a decision as to, like, in in private business, wouldn't you want to have 14 applicants to be able to choose from versus one applicant that you're able to choose from? It doesn't make any sense. For me, it creates more balance given the, the, um, the duty of selecting or appointing the city solicitor to the city council. That argument doesn't make any sense to me. In November, um, and I haven't made up my mind myself as to how I feel about it, uh, but that's ballot question number two. Number one. Number two, uh, Mr. Simone was at the city council meeting on Monday, and, uh, and Mr. Ward uh, had a, an exchange explaining a little bit about what's going to be on the ballot in November concerning marijuana mm-hmm. uh, stores. First of all, um, can I uh, ask how you would vote um, um, in the voting machine? Do you want to see a marijuana retail store in Woonsocket? And uh, I think we could, uh, I think it's 3% of what their 3%, sales comes yeah. to the city. Or would you uh, rather not see that kind of an establishment here? Well, I'm going to give you the same answer I gave on OON yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I am. I will be voting privately, and there's a reason why it's called a private vote. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have to make a decision on it publicly. What I will tell you is, as a person, as a citizen, I am at sixes and sevens with this. Because I'm obviously a former business owner, and I can clearly understand math, and I understand the 3% that comes back to our community. It's very similar to the 1% in the restaurant industry. I get it, okay? Um, And I understand the kind of revenue it creates. However, there's also that other side of me that is a bit NIMBY-ish where I don't want it in my backyard because I feel as though Winsocket has so many things in its backyard that carry negative connotations and negative and have a negative impact on our already distressed and difficult uh hard to serve community to have one more it just feels like oh but then again the other side of that is if we don't grab that revenue who another com- other communities will and other communities will benefit and prosper from it um so it's a very, very difficult choice. I don't know where I would... St- it's something, obviously, I've thought about for years because it's come before the council many, many times. Um, I'm not going to tell... I, I, I don't feel like I, I have... I'm not obligated to tell anyone how I would vote. I feel... I, pro- I probably feel the same a lot as most people. Um, I just don't know. I love, the, I love the business opportunity, and I know that things change fast in, in our world and rapidly. Um, we have alcohol. I feel like alcohol is, very, is probably worse than marijuana, especially I would rather drive behind somebody who's stoned than somebody who's drunk. Uh, that, that's a fact. Um, I, I, I think it, that, that part comes into play, but then, you know, you open the gate. We, we've, allowed, we've allowed so much, and the more you allow, the more that comes in so i i just i'm i'm stuck on that one well we'll get another maybe we'll get another shot at right now i i tend to want to say if i had to vote today i'd vote i'd vote against keeping them out of the city but i i'm very very Mm -hmm. iffy about that uh for the three percent revenue and also for the following fact that i want to share with our audience that cumberland is putting it on the ballot lincoln is putting it on the ballot. Uh, 
Now, Smithfield is putting it on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Boroughville is putting it on the ballot, and so is Woonsocket. And <laughs> somebody may have to drive to Blackstone uh, to buy yeah. their product uh, if uh, those communities uh, decide uh, to prohibit uh, a, a, a retail marijuana store in their communities. But apparently a lot of communities have taken advantage of the option of putting it on the ballot as we are going yes. to. That was a resolution needs a second passage or one passage? Do you know? Uh, uh, or will it be back again? Uh, yeah, I think it was an ordinance. Mm-hmm. If I'm not... If it was a resolution, it, it's already done. Um, if it's an yeah. ordinance, it needs two passages. All right. So. Um, um, I'll have to look. It's under new business. And it's a resolution. It's, so a, it's uh, done. One. Okay. Yeah, it's done. And think, this is the only shot that we have as mm-hmm. voters to either accept that or reject it. It's, it's a one and done. So it is very important that people get out and, and let their voice be heard on where they stand on that issue. Hey, callers, hang on there. We have two callers waiting. We're going to get to you. And um, we have to get a few commercials. One of the things coming up in our discussion straight on here is um, the... Um, Agreement to buy All Saints Parish here in Woonsocket mm-hmm. on Rathbun Street. It looks like the, we're moving ahead to spend over a million dollars, and maybe we'll find out uh, how you feel about uh, that property and what should happen to it. Or whether um, I've got the suspicion, Denise Sierra, but let's make believe we're off microphone, but we're really not. I've got the suspicion that this, the Council is interested in holding and buying this property so that they can then hand it over to a, maybe a real estate guy and get a real tax-paying uh, entity in there instead of a nonprofit sucking it up. That's uh, right. Right. Mm-hmm. Could I say that that might be some the thinking of some members? I think that that is fair. Okay. Thank it, you. Yep. We'll be That's back fair. in a moment. I have a few messages to uh, take care of. And uh, let's see, Kay Kosher, they're certified public accountants. Kay Kosher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick. 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're Kay Kosher, we're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember, have Having Kay or Kasha to consult with on your personal financial situation is like having all the right answers. Scott McGee from the Stearns McGee team is ready. Whether you're buying or selling a home or just curious about the local market conditions, Scott would love to offer his services to you. He knows the local community, both as an agent and a neighbor, and can help you guide through the nuances of the current real estate market. So let Scott work hard for you. Your real estate experience will be memorable and enjoyable. You can reach him directly at 401-639-2906. All right, time to uh, tell you about the Honey Shop here in Woonsocket. This is a a great business. um, And the Honey Shop to me is like a spoke, like a wheel with different spokes in different directions. Uh, Like, for instance, it's a gift shop. Uh, It's a gourmet food location. It's a health food location. And, of course, natural remedies like Breathe, for those who have asthma or uh, maybe a cold, 
It's a place where you can buy honey, honey shop, right? Uh, but what Kathy and Paul have also done is they've, uh, they've created these seminars. And um, we went to one a few months ago on keto uh, food preparation. Those who like low carbohydrates uh, in their diet uh, follow the keto uh, uh, recipe thing. And, uh, and, so, uh, and then, of course, the, uh, the Tuscany um, uh, nights, uh, the Mexican nights. Um, where you prepare uh, different foods. Uh, they have these different seminars, uh, and uh, we keep track of them. But if you'd like to know what the Honey Shop is up to, just go to their Facebook page, and uh, they uh, they keep it up to date and uh, tell you what uh, you could be uh, coming into. Like, for instance, uh, at the end of the month, making, uh, making gnomes. Uh, this is a garden ornament, and uh, they, they'll show you how to make it or how to make them. And uh, that's on July 31st at 1 o'clock. And in mid-August, uh, for instance, cheese making and wine sipping. How do you make your own cheeses? It can be done. And Kathy and Paul will teach you. Now, you know, if you love food, you'll love us at uh, the Honey Shop. Before we actually play the intro back uh, um, in the food uh, industry, uh, have you can have you ever made cheese yourself? Not myself, but I've seen it. Yeah, and it's quite interesting. Yeah, it, it sounds like in, in the sink. Yeah, it's kind of cool process. I'd like, to, I'd like to see that done. Let's rejoin the program. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now let's get back to the panel. All right. Well, uh, one uh, advantage of uh, Denise Sierra not uh, having. Uh, returned uh, the papers uh, and become a certified candidate is that she's available um, outside of the equal opportunity provision to uh, talk about city issues uh, as it relates to the city council or anything else she wants to talk about because she's free and clear to do that. She's like anybody else. Uh, you could call any talk show and, uh, and, and get on the air. Ooh. Right. Uh, that was uh, me not having your microphone. Oh, thank you. Was... Right. Now you can say, yes, I can. <laughs> yes, I can. Okay. <laughs> right. Uh, not your fault. Anyway, she's here, and um, she's going to be a, a resource uh, during the campaign uh, t- uh, so that we can still get uh, information. But you have to be objective. You can't be political. Well, how could anything I do be political? I'm a lame oh. duck candidate. <laughs> Are you ready to take a few phone calls, lame duck candidate? Sure am. <laughs> All, right. All right. Hello there. What would you like to talk to Denise about? Good morning, Denise. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Uh, listen, I'd uh, just like to give you my condolences on the passing of your dad to start off with. It's always hard uh, losing your parents, no matter what age they are, but hopefully you had a pretty full life and... We all go through it, so my condolences. Thank you very much. And you're right. Yes, it's difficult. It doesn't matter if you're 53 or 3. Absolutely. Yes, yep. Okay. Uh, also, I just want to thank you for your service to the city. I mean, you've been one of my favorite counselors. Thank you. Uh, I've always voted for you. And uh, I got a couple of questions, and I'll hang up after I listen to the answers. First of all, will you be endorsing any of the present counselors or any of the new people that want to be on the council? And after you, you've mentioned that, you know, you've got two years, uh, I mean, you've got a lot going on in your personal life right now, but after two years, maybe in the next election cycle, would you consider running again? Thank you. All right. Those are easy for me. Thank you very much. Very easy questions. Well, before you answer them, yep. um, I, um, I hope that um, in your answers, we, uh, we want to use you as a resource for information. 
uh, that you're, um, you know, the second question, Ida, is not a, not a problem. Would you come back or not? I'm not quite sure I'm comfortable with endorsing candidates. Yeah, that, that I wouldn't do either way. That's, uh-huh. that's, I have to stay out okay. of that because of my current situation. But would I consider coming back? Oh, absolutely. And I fully intend to be very active within the community over, in, in the future. For, for instance, everybody knows I, I served the community for nearly a decade as a private business owner in the city of Winsocket. I've served on the city council uh, for the last six years. So that's a 16-year history just serving the city of Winsocket in, in that form. And um, I have no intention of fading off uh, into the woodwork. What is very exciting to me at this point is that not having be not being committed to running again it allows me uh the freedom to pick and choose more carefully the of uh, the wars and battles that i will choose to participate in i don't I, and i get to devote myself 100 percent to those things that i find worthy of of the time and effort Rather than some, like when you're on city council, you, you go through, you have to go through all of it, minutiae included, you know. Whereas a private citizen, I can, I, it allows me the flexibility to be devoted to the things that I, I feel I, I want to be devoted to. Um, I have every intention of staying very active within the community. And no, I will not rule out running again. All right. Thank you very much for, for that answer. All right. Let's uh, grab another phone call and then we'll... Uh, We'll get to the All Saints property. Hello. Are Good you morning. There? So, Hi. Thank you, and thank you for your services. All my condolences, like the last caller said. Um, I do want to say something. Uh, I'll always say I don't think marijuana is harmless. I, in, um, you know, like you said, I mean, people don't. You know, I'd rather behind a. I'd rather be driving behind a guy that's stoned than drunk, and you don't really see people ODing on marijuana. Um, and I look at the marijuana question and whether we want retail shops in the city. And I, I understand both sides. I've always said that. You know, some people, it's, it's a, I think it's a drug that is a gateway drug. I think people sometimes get into that and they want to get that next level. They want to get that next. So I, I don't I don't think people should smoke it. I, I just, I think it's bad. I don't think it should be illegal. And, and at this point, I think we need to accept that it's going to be legal. So I, yeah. I'm i not stumping for it. I think I'm going to vote yes because it's inevitable. But what I will say, Ms. Sierra, though, is that we, I try to put things into context. And people who oppose retail marijuana, I try to just say, hey, hang on, let's hit the pause button here. We have all sorts of pharmacies dispensing all sorts of psychotropic and mind-altering drugs, whether it's Zoloft or Seroquel. I mean, we, we're dumping, riddling down kids' throats. It's basically cocaine for kids. Let's face it. Mm-hmm. It's like cocaine for kids. We've yep. got people, we, Ms. Sierra, we are a drugged-out nation. Right, we're, We make up 4% of the world's population, and we consume about 90% of the pharmaceuticals. Now, to me, on a scale of 1 to 10, marijuana is like a 1, mm-hmm. and the stuff coming out of the pharmacies is like a 9 or a 10. I mean, people, I mean, it's just, it's, it, it, looking at the full context, I don't understand why we're so hyper-focused on retail marijuana when we're drugging up kids, you know, at every pharmacy in the place, so... I just, I don't, I don't get the hyper-focus on it. I think it's time to, you know, I think it's time to just vote yes and just move on and focus on important things like, you know, hard drugs we're giving five- and six-year-old kids. But that's my comment. I don't have a question to comment, and if you want to comment on it, that's cool. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Any comment on the comment? Well, my comment is, I mean, he... he... He makes a good argument. It's not an argument that I, I haven't had in my own head, mm-hmm. you know? It, 
and then there's the other side. So it, it, it's a tough, tough issue. I get exactly what he's saying, and he's correct. There's far more harmful drugs out there. Let's look at the docket uh, again and uh, see if we can uh, cover some city business, which is uh, the main reason of uh, having uh, Denise in studio. And thank you for agreeing to uh, do that. And uh, that has to do with um, the sale of all saints on, um, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, Rathbun Street, Social Street, uh, whatever street you want to call it. Um, so uh, were you in favor of buying that property and uh, and? And making sure that it, it didn't uh, become a, a acquired by a nonprofit and, and then taken off the tax rolls. Or yes. at least add to the tax rolls. Yes. I was very much in favor of buying that property. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you know where it's headed? Do you know? Well, uh, I think it can go in, in a couple different directions. There's a lot of talk of a public safety complex. And I think um, th- that most of the powers that be are... In agreement that that is something that we have to look hard at, uh, and it has a lot, for, for the benefit. There's a lot of benefits to having one public safety complex. We all understand that. Um, there are the, there's one school of thought that that could potentially be a, a nice spot for something like that, um, and the other the other direction that that can go in is we acquire it and we are able to list it with the aid with our broker that can sell the the schools for um the school in, in rectory obviously for uh private use which has we've been very successful you know roger one of the things i hear out there and it really kind of knocks my nose a little bit out of joint is when i hear things like Oh, the, the, the mayor got the middle school sold. Well, no, that's not true. The city council lit, ha, had to go out um, and pass a resolution in order to employ a private broker to list several of the city properties, put them up for sale, and find buyers for. That was a city council move that put certain properties, including um, Ayop Field, the Winsocket Middle School. The city council listed those properties for sale. So it, so that, it kind of, and, and this is another one, St. Louis, the St. Louis Rectory and, and Church, that could be listed with the broker that the city council hired to put this property on the market. Would that be Mr. Alves? Yes, yeah, uh-huh. and he's been very successful. Mm-hmm. Look at we. The middle school is sold. Mr. Alves, or, or yeah, he worked he, it out. He worked it out. Mm-hmm. He worked out. He Ayot Field. I mean, he's he's moving these properties, not the administration, the city council. I want the people to understand that. All right, thank you. Uh, that's the answer on uh, on that one. Uh, I have uh, I had another one here before we uh, move on to other things because I have an email to read from someone. And, um, well, let's read the email. Garrett Manseri had had an email. And uh, he explains in his email that he worked at City Hall doing various things um, in 2018, filling various vacant positions. And uh, he worked in planning and public works and finance and um, and they all had issues getting responses and legislation out of um, the uh, law office. And so he said, I would suggest, Roger, that you interview the city directors for the input. And I hope whoever 
is on the city council going forward that they do outreach to city employees for their feedback on the appointment of the city solicitor. And he goes to uh, add on, I wish Denise all the best in her future endeavors and appreciates her efforts to bring investment and business to the community. So anyway, I guess he feels that he's qualified to comment on the subject. Well, I think it's interesting that he points out to reach out to the directors who are appointed by the administration. Mm -hmm. No, that doesn't even make sense. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Carrot. He's running, you're not, right? That's right. All right. Uh, Uh, We're looking at the agenda of the uh, Woonsocket City Council meeting from from Monday night. Council uh, handling another number of our items. This one here is going to be a little bit tricky to handle because uh, the information is limited on it, but it's on the agenda. And so when I saw it, I said, here is how it reads. From City Solicitor, meaning Mr. DeSimone, regarding the office of the Attorney General, and that would be uh, Peter Norona, Mm -hmm. civil investigative demand. Well, that sounds really serious. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can you tell us as much as you can tell us about what that means? Well, I I really don't want to speak in any depth on this because I'm not sure where it's going. Um, if it turns into a a case, uh, the information that can be out that that gets out there could be detrimental in one way or another. Um, obviously, we know the the reasons behind that. And it's the dumping in the dumping of, of sludge into the Blackstone River. Um, I, I really don't feel comfortable giving out any information because it's very new at this time and I cannot predict where it's going. So it could be a legal matter. That's exactly right. And I know better and I keep my mouth shut when it comes to stuff like that. And in uh, looking what I was able to find on DEM, it looks like the possibility, uh, I, I learned from, from the DEM site that, that they're going to ask information from the city of Woonsocket mm-hmm. and the two vendors who are Jacob and uh, Sinegro, yep. and then they have to submit that to DEM and, I guess, the Attorney General's office. Mm-hmm. And then uh, then they determine uh, whether to fine the city of Woonsocket uh, monetarily or not. That's right. So yep. uh, that's what I, I've been able to gather. So it's really in the initial stages. This could take mm-hmm. a couple years. of years. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yep. And it could challenge the right. contracts between the city and, um, obviously, Jacobs and Sinegro. Right. So I don't want to say anything. All right. So we'll keep an eye on that one yeah. uh, from uh, the Attorney General's office and uh, DEM on uh, that uh, investigate, civil investigative demand mm-hmm. as it appears on the city council agenda. Denise, yes. I wanted to ask you now an opinion since on the uh, agenda the uh, finance director had a American Rescue Plan funds status report. There was a lot of money that uh, poured into the city of Woonsocket during the uh, pandemic. And uh, About so million, yeah. are you pretty much, uh, uh, did you vote pretty much uh, in favor of all the stuff that we're doing so far with the uh, pandemic money or the yeah, rescue money? Right, he, that kind of money yeah he, yeah, you're yeah for the that? most part i think the city council supported um the things that wanted that that the administration wanted done how how that money was to be spent for i would say 90 percent like yeah we were all in agreement 
infrastructure improvement and multiple, you know, other, other things where the, where the money went. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. I supported, most, I think, all of it, pretty much. Was there any discussion at the council meeting, either uh, off microphone or on microphone, about water bills and tax bills and when we're going to get them and whether they're, they're going to make people go uh, through the roof? Uh, well, yeah, actually, if you if you listen to any of the meeting last night, uh, we did learn that the tax bills w- were put in the mail uh, yesterday, I believe, uh, Monday, that night, she said, and they are going to have a due date of August 15th. Now, this bill is going to be a little skewed. It's go- it, It's not a hundred percent at this point, but what you'll get in October, on October 3rd, will be maybe a little bit of a bigger bill mm-hmm. to balance it out. So the taxpayers need to be prepared. That's what Jim Kanoya was addressing. Like, he felt as though, why isn't there some kind of press release going out saying that the water and sewer bills are out and they're going to have an August 13th due date, but be prepared for that bill that's going to follow shortly behind it um, in, for October 3rd with, that's going to be a little bit heftier. This is something that the people need to know so that they can plan their budgets um, and rents and all of that, you know, on, the, on their rental properties and stuff like that. Um, they need to know it, but uh, yet there wasn't any kind of press release that went out informing the public that this is what's going on with the tax bill. And all of us as city councilors, and I'm sure the, for the administration as well, the bulk of the calls that come in are concerning the tax bills. People want to know why aren't their tax bills ready? Why aren't they out? I mean, we learned why. But it's because of an integration of, of, a, of a system, a new, a new system for the finance department. And it, ha- it presents its challenges. Anytime you make an electronic, you know, uh, changeover in, in software and stuff of that and procedural stuff, you got to work out the kinks. It's difficult. We, we understand that. Um, but there's no, the, the point I think that Jim Knoyer was trying to make is why doesn't that information readily come out to the public? Why is it that it's like pulling teeth to get the information out, but yet it's not like pulling teeth? It, it, you don't have to pull teeth to find out, you know, that there's a, a, a dog park or a whatever, whatever, you know, positive thing needs to, to be out there. So you're talking about three, and I'm, I'm waiting on three bills. Yeah. I'm waiting on water, I'm waiting on sewer, and I'm waiting on tax. Now, which one is going to be incomplete, or are all three tax bills going to be incomplete with an October supplemental catch-up uh, bill? I, I believe all three, from what I could gather from the information that I collected on Monday. Mm-hmm. So if I get a um, water bill... Um, I'm more of that sewer bill, um, uh, water bill, whatever it is, uh, that might not be the total bill. Now, I'm not talking about real estate, uh, but on the other hand, when I do get the real estate bill, that might not be the whole bill either. And um, and we're not saying that this is um, um, any kind of, um, you know, malfeasance or anything like no, that. No, right? no, no. It's like not at all. Maybe, maybe there's not a communication all. problem. Uh, but yeah, but oh, no, nothing. There's nothing wonky going on. It's just mm-hmm. because there's been a shift in a, in a changeover mm-hmm. um, in that department, software right. and, and so on, procedural and software. So, so at the council meeting, uh, because I didn't hear that segment, 
Uh, did the finance people explain that or? Uh, or it was very limited. Mm-hmm. It, I, I think Christine Chamberlain, mm-hmm. Director Chamberlain, mm-hmm. probably uttered five sentences mm-hmm. at best. Well, I'll, I'll so, try to dig that out uh, from the council, see if I can isolate that and see if we can get some clarity on that. But anyway, the tax bills are in the mail. <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard mo- that it went out right. that day, Monday night, which was fantastic. Yay. All, all kinds of tax bills. Yes. All right. And you are a one socket resident. You're going to pay. And them. a taxpayer. Right. Yeah. Okay. On a lot, on, you know. All right. Several things. <laughs> Keep us posted on that. Yes. We'll be back with more. Seven-day-a-week dining at Grumpy's. Quality dining, casual dining. Monday through Thursday, our $10 dinner special starting at 4 p.m. You might find baked manicotti on the menu, or honey jack chicken, or our special oven-baked meatloaf. Monday through Thursday, $10 dinner special starting at 4 at Grumpy's. Or you can select from our regular menu with so many choices. And our kitchen is open on Friday and Saturday night till midnight for your convenience. So, for quality Quality dining, come on into Grumpy's Restaurant, holding our prices during these inflationary times. Pulaski Boulevard, South Bellingham, Massachusetts. Do we have a steakhouse here in the area? Yeah. Uh, I asked that question, and Brian LaHousse said, uh, yeah, we're a steakhouse. And we are the most reasonably priced steakhouse in the area. For instance, uh, still, and this is validated, uh, for... Uh, Seventeen ninety nine. You can get a, a sirloin. It's a twelve ounce <clears throat> New York sirloin, char broiled to perfection and finished uh, with our uh, with a special butter sauce uh, that we uh, we finish it off with. Um, you can still for uh, uh, twenty one dollars get the sizzling sirloin. That's still a um, twelve uh, ounce New York sirloin, and that's the one I like with the sautéed peppers and onions and tomatoes on a sizzling platter platter, and then topped with mushrooms. Um, it's a good deal. And then you can get yourself a filet mignon, you know, uh, at, uh, at Grumpy's. All the steak tips, you can get them barbecued or bourbon uh, marinated. Um, we are your steakhouse if you're into steak and uh, you uh, don't want to go to Fleming's in uh, Providence and uh, pay... Uh, um, fifty-seven or sixty-six dollars, or uh, mm. can you imagine they uh, th- that they can get that kind of money? But millennials will pay that, right? Oh, they sure will. Right. Anyway, we're Grumpies of Bellingham, and uh, we serve steak. And on the other hand, on the other hand, you want a nine ninety-nine burger, you can still get that too. <clears throat> All right, let me look at my uh, little uh, sheet here and uh, tell you. About Charlie's and uh, Belling... What is Charlie's? Um, We change tires and fix your car. Charlie's Tire and Service Center in Bellingham is the go-to shop for all your tire and mechanical needs. Serving Bellingham, Franklin, Blackstone, and nearby communities for well over 40 years. We specialize in tires, wheel alignments, and general auto maintenance and repair. South Main Street at Route 126 in Bellingham. Open Monday through Friday, 7.30 to 5, Saturdays till noon. Stop in and talk to our service manager at Charlie's Tire and Service Center. Call us at 508-883-1211 and make an appointment. You can check us out on Facebook, too. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Well, it's going to be an interesting political season, that's for sure, here in Woonsocket. A lot of newcomers uh, will be on the, on the ballot, and uh, we'll uh, have them on the air. Like we mentioned, uh, we're going to have Mr. Thompson on. 
uh, on uh, Friday. And um, and then we'll be there are a couple of other people that I've never met before and uh, want to meet them and uh, listen to uh, their reasons for seeking political office. And let me tell you uh, from uh, Denise Sierra, who's sitting in the studio to uh, Brian Thompson, who I uh, haven't even met. I'll meet him on Friday. I admire all these people for running. This is not, I mean, this is not a pleasant thing. I'm, I have never run for office, but I've been around people, and uh, it's, um, I don't have the, the skin for it. We have some old comers, too. We have Chris Beauchamp resurfacing, yep. which is mm-hmm. very interesting. It's interesting. Yes. Yep. yes. And we're going to f- ask him why when he gets here, when we call him. Why are you doing this again? I thought you hated <laughs> politics. But we'll give him a chance to answer of that. Course. Hey, on the agenda for, uh, well, we have time for one more item. On the agenda is, is a city hires an audit company. And, uh, and, and that they just do audit. I mean, every community does that. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. You're right. we got, you, you've got to do that. Standard operating right. procedure. Yep. However, um, the, the, the audit company that we do hire, are they the same company that's checking into these uh, stipends uh, that the city council yes. would like to know more about. But we don't have any results yet, and it'll be a while before we get them. Yeah, and it sounds like the auditors are having a difficult time getting the information they need mm-hmm. as well. And yes, these are the auditors that we use on a regular basis. What has happened is that the city council engaged these auditors in order to um, have them put together an audit regarding the stipends that were were handed out to certain employees. Um, we wanted to look a little bit closer at that. So we reached out to the current auditors that that have know our city best, um, and we asked them to perform this audit. The audit began on the 11th, I believe, and um, from what I understand, during the meeting on Monday night, uh, it it was spoken about that the auditors are having a difficult time getting information from the administration in order to to conduct their audit, mm-hmm. uh, which is a problem, which has always been a problem. Now, what they're looking at uh, is uh, stipends paid to city employees and also maybe some extended health care benefits in addition to that, right? Yes, it's, uh-huh. yes, exactly. All right. Well, yeah, to um, certain people. Right. It's only July. End of July, so maybe uh, during the month of August or September, they'll have a little more uh, success, the auditors. auditors. Now, um, don't they have the a power as auditors to get that information, period? I mean... Uh, yeah, they can, I mean, but that delay... The, yes, they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that's a delay in process. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why anyone would want to delay the process, because the longer it gets delayed, the more money that comes out of the ratepayers. If you truly care about the ratepayers, why would you want mm-hmm. to spend more money? Give them the information. It's going to happen anyway. All right. When, uh, you know, this is the election season, so the mayor uh, gets an opportunity to come on the program for an hour and uh, and talk about her re-election campaign, even though she doesn't have a, uh, even though she doesn't have a uh, opponent. Well, I'm going to ask her about that, say, uh um, is the city cooperating with the auditors so that uh, the information on, yeah. on this can be um, can be ascertained? And so uh, that'll be a fair question, I believe. Oh, and, I, yeah. Right. Yep. But that's when she comes here. We want to thank you for coming here today. You're welcome. Thank and, you so um, much. Right. And um, after another city council meeting, uh, would you kindly accept my invitation to come back again and let's review what the council's up to, right? Absolutely. Because you are an interested member of the council. <laughs> right? 
I am. I mean, I'm an interested member. I assume will be an interested, an interesting member of the community. Thank you. Good day, everybody. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380 WNRI Woonsocket.